Welcome to the Calvary Podcast. Get ready to dive into an inspiring message. Our aim is to share teachings that bring transformation and hope to your life. So, open your heart, be ready to listen, and prepare for a powerful encounter with the Word. Let's get started. I'm excited about what God is doing. You know, uh, there, there's an old saying I had. Why do we do things like Vision Sunday? Here's something they tell you as a pastor. All right, listen to this. Inspiration without education leads to frustration. What does that mean? We don't want to come in on Sunday morning and just hoop. We're not coming here just to stir your emotion. I'm not coming here just to, you, you got me. What are we going to do with all this God is doing? Why is God blessing us? Why is he anointed us with the Holy Spirit? What, what's the plan? What's the purpose? What is God doing? So, so Vision Sunday, and, 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 and I'll explain to you what's set up all around here uh, and why we're doing what we're doing. Listen, God has a plan. Can you say amen to that? God has direction for his church. So, so is Vision Sunday really important? Well, I already read to you that one scripture in Proverbs 29, 18. Without a vision, people perish. Modern, some translations say without a revelation, the people scatter. So it's important to know what is God saying to us? What is God wanting us to do? Listen to this. And where do I fit in? What is God saying and how do I fit into that? Look at Habakkuk 2.2. This is from the New King James Version. Notice this. Look at this. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it? Leave that up for a minute. But we thought tablets, you know, used to be something they chiseled on stone. Or you wrote, now this is the tablet, right? And now what they call it, it's a tablet. Man, look, God was way ahead of this game. So what do we do with vision? Vision, listen, nothing becomes dynamic until it becomes specific. Theory doesn't change anything. Ideology doesn't change anything. I got to tell you this, theology doesn't change anything until it gets in boots on the ground. Everybody with me on this? So vision, why? What, we we want to make it plain so I can go for this, so I can know my place, so God can do what he wants to do in my life. Let me say it like this, vision. Think of the vision. So what are we doing? Today's about clarity and focus. Am I seeing clearly? Do I understand what God wants his church to do and be? Do I see how I fit into that? Do I get my purpose? So today, really, uh, in, a, in an abbreviated way, I'm, we're, we're going to take an eye exam, okay? We're going to go take an eye exam, get a checkup. See, the kind of vision that, that God's speaking about here is not what I see with my eyes are open. This is really vision I see when my eyes are closed. This kind of vision is what I see with my heart. How many heard what I just said? It's what I see with my heart. So, so let's go to the eye chart. If we're having an eye exam, we need to have a standard. We need to go to the eye chart and see if we're seeing okay. Now, I'm going to give you a free eye exam today, okay? Cost you nothing. If you don't have insurance, relax, okay? Let's, let's go to the eye chart and see if we got vision from God. So we go to Acts chapter 2. Let's go to verse 42. We've studied this before, but let's look at this. Here's the eye chart. How are we doing on what God says his church should be, right? So Acts 2, 42. They devoted themselves. Now, the word devoted means there, you know what's there and you commit to it, okay? There's something that means it's important to us. They devoted themselves, what? Look at these four things. To the apostles' teaching, that's the word of God. To the fellowship, wow, to being together, to connecting with each other. And to what? Breaking a bread together, getting together outside of Sunday service. 
and to prayer. Not a lot of things there that they devoted themselves to. What began to happen because of that? Verse 43. Everyone. Someone say everyone. You know, not just a few. Everyone. Everyone. All right. Can I make a challenge to you today? Can I make a challenge? Thank you for the four or five. I'm going to ask one more time. Can I make a challenge to you today? Even in Jesus' ministry, there were two kinds of people always around him. There were the disciples. There was the crowd. In every church... There's two groups of people. They're the disciples. There's the crowd. Are you with me? So here's what I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to increase the size of the disciples and decrease the size of the crowd. Everybody with me? You remember when the, the, they had to dig a hole in the roof and lower the lame man down so he could get to Jesus and be healed? You remember that? Disciples dug a hole in the roof. Believers, because Jesus looked at them, not the man, said, your faith made this man whole today. But if you read that same account in Mark, it says they couldn't get to him initially because of the crowd. Do you know if all the churches as a crowd, it literally keeps people from getting to Jesus? The crowd won't build a church. The crowd gets in the way of the church. Now, I'm okay. I get it. I've passed a long time. There will always be two groups of people in the church. They'll be the disciples in the crowd. But what Vision Sunday, what we're talking about here, is hopefully we're transitioning some folks. Come on. From the crowd into disciples. And some of the disciples that were in the nursery are getting out of the nursery and going up into preschool. And some of the disciples, I'm not talking about age, I'm talking about spiritual maturity. And some of the disciples that were in the nursery are stepping on into elementary. Come on. And some in elementary stepping into high school. And some in high school stepping into adult life. In fact, it should not be that we have to part the mustache to stick the bottle in. Come on. Don't shout me down today. And so what we're looking at is moving the crowd into the disciples. All right. So we're doing an eye exam. So, so, so watch what happens. Verse 43. Everyone was filled with awe when the church does the plan of God. When we get it. Look what begins to happen. Everyone was filled with awe. And many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. We serve the same God today that did this. He's still doing this today. Verse 44, look at this. All the believers, see, look at this, everyone. Now we go to verse 44. All the believers, see, they're, they're, he's, he's building this thing. They were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. They were, they were united. They were generous. It was just natural. The next verse, 46, every day they continued. How often? Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. All right? So there was the large gathering. That was important, the large gathering. But it didn't stop there. Remember verse 42, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God Look what happened here. The church has never had, unfortunately, less favor in the public. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm good. Than we have right now. I've never seen the church looked at from the outside with less favor than where we are today. And maybe the devil's done a great job of telling a lie. And we're doing a poor job of telling the truth. But that can change. So, so you watch this. They were looked on with favor. By all the people, saved, unsaved, okay? And then look what happens as a result of that. You know what God's bottom line is? Always what you're about to read. This was the bottom line. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. 
That's the model. That's the DNA. That's the eye chart. That's, am I seeing what God is showing me? Am I hearing what God is saying? That's, that's the standard. And so the church needs to have periodic times where we look at ourselves and, and say, how are we doing? This, this was the original uh, activity of the church. It was birthed out of the upper room. Ten days of prayer created, listen to what I'm going to say, created a labor and delivery room for the church to be born. It created a place for heaven to be birthed on earth. The church was born in Acts 2 in that upper room. And this is the life of that church that began to happen. Church family, this is our DNA. This is who we are. If God did an examination in his church today, we ought to have the same DNA as that. That's our parents. That's our family. That's our history. You don't have to go online and do that uh, thing. What is it? Ancestry DNA. I just read about your great-grandfather and your great-great-grandmother. And if you read the book of Acts, they were red and yellow, black and white. They spoke the, they, from every nation on the planet. It was amazing. Read about the church, what it looked like in the beginning. We need to make sure that if we gave a blood test today, that it proves our daddy is God Almighty and that he birthed us in an upper room and we began to serve him in in a way that had no limits or restrictions. We did something that honored God. That's the eye exam. That, that's who we are. See, I believe that our nation has never been more desperate to see a real church, a Jesus church, a church that has his DNA. We, we, you've heard me say this before. The word represent, we're to represent Jesus. We're to be the body of Christ. We are to be him on this earth. And the word represent is really just a compound word. Say it like this. Represent. Represent. Do again what he did. Represent him. Not a watered down model. Not, not something that theological people got together and said he doesn't do anymore. We need to let the world see the same Jesus that started this church right here. And that's bigger than any one of us. How many heard what I just said? The body of Christ will require every member in particular to get over their own identity and connect in the family of God. It's not about me. It's about we. By myself, I'm not a picture of Jesus. But if all the body gets together and each of us finds our gift and our function and our connection under God, we begin to let this world see Jesus again. It's critical. It's vision. It's, it's, it's our eye test. We want to see what he sees. See, we, we need a church that is grounded in the word. We need a church that is not ashamed to worship like we worship today. I'm not going to apologize for the presence of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to apologize for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're not going to put the Holy Spirit in a back room here at Calvary so that we don't offend some religious person. We are up front with his presence. It is his church and his presence. We, we, we need a church that carries the presence of God. You come into a moment in your life and you're hurting bad enough and you're bound deep enough and your kids are addicted and demonic attacks are raging against your family. You don't need a slick presentation and a watered down message. You need to encounter the presence of the living God that can break the yokes and bondages. And we don't apologize for that. 
We need a church that's based on the word of God. They devoted themselves to the teaching. We're not going to change what the Bible says to compromise with our culture. We're going to preach the word and live on the word and follow the word. Listen to me. But that doesn't mean we're not relevant. It doesn't mean that we're not meeting the need. Being relevant, being a Bible church, being a founded on the word church doesn't mean we're stuck in culture 30 years ago. It doesn't mean that, that, that we've got to dress like grandma dressed. It doesn't mean we've got to sing what grandma sang. It doesn't mean that we, we, you know, if you like red carpet or blue carpet or purple carpet, we don't have any carpet here. I, I, we didn't put any in, so we got over that argument. So, 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 so in other words, it's not a style. It's not a look. We're, we're, you know, to, to, we're, we're based on the Bible, but we're not stuck in the past. At the same time, we're not going to chase every fad that runs through the church world. You're not going to come in there and one year we're over here, and the next year we're over there, and the next year we're doing it. No, no, no. We're on that word. We're going to follow the Spirit. We're going to preach the Bible. We're going to make that our culture. We're going to be balanced. We're going to, we're going to speak the truth. Listen, we're going to speak the truth here, but we're going to speak the truth in love. Not judgmentally, not critically, not condemning, not condescending. The truth in love. Do you know why we're willing to speak the truth? Because the Bible not only says speak the truth in love, it tells us that only the truth will set people free. And so I, I love you enough to tell you the truth. And you can thank me later. It's kind of like a parent. You have to decide when you want your kids to like you, now or later. <laughs> if you make them happy now, they're probably going to be a mess later. Somebody's got to be the adult in the house. Keep their hand on the plow. And someday when your kids grow up, they're going to come back around and say, thank you. Thank you that you weren't trying to be popular. You weren't trying to be cool. You're trying to love me and take care of me. That's what we're doing. We're going to speak the truth in love because it sets people free. This, this amazes me. Uh, <coughs> pardon me. I'm so sorry. I can't get away from this mic here. If I had a, another one, I'd move it. I apologize. God is, this, this amazes me. God is looking for this kind of church. He's looking for this kind of church. Think of that. Look, look at these verses here. I want you to see this in First Chronicles 16, 9. This is New King James. First, well, that's not the verse I wanted, so we're, we're off on the verses today. Just can that when I'll quote it. Sorry. I, I, I messed all my media stuff up today. Uh, can I still preach even if I miss my media? Thank you. <clears throat> this is verse I'm after. Sorry, guys. The Bible says, the eyes of the Lord are going to and fro around the earth. Think of this. This amazes me. Think of this. Literally, God says, I'm looking for something. The eyes of the Lord going to and fro around the earth, looking for someone, looking for a church that he can show himself strong on behalf. Man, if God's looking, here we are, right? You know what he's looking for? He's not looking to do my thing. He's looking to do his thing. He's looking for a place. Think of that. The eyes of the Lord going to and fro around this earth to find an opportunity to show himself strong. I want to be that place that God's looking for. You want to be that place? Listen, I hope I got this one right. Come on, Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm 0 for 2 right now. Ezekiel, uh, the Ezekiel scripture. I'm not even going to say it. The one I gave you this morning. There it is. No, nope, that's not it either. Give us a minute. Technical difficulties. Here's the verse I want right now. Uh, Ezekiel 22, 30. I'll quote this one to you too. I can quote it. I'm just trying to help you out, all right? 
This is, this is amazing. God's looking for this church. Eyes of the Lord going around this planet. What do you think God's looking for? I think he's looking for a church that'll do what he said they should do. Here we go. Ezekiel twenty two thirty. Look at this. This is God speaking. This is God. He's looking. He's searching. This amazes me. For a man, a woman, a church among them who would make a wall, who would stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, leave it up there. But I couldn't find anybody. You know, we're living in a moment where, where, where the enemy, where Satan and, and our culture is breaking the walls down around everything that's valuable to us. Tearing down the walls of your family. Can't even define a family. Can't even define gender. Can't even define truth. Can't even define anything. The walls are broken. The gaps are huge. And our children and our lives and our hopes and our families are falling through those gaps. But God said, See, you got to get this. He's not mad at them. He's looking for an answer. He said, I don't want to destroy it. I don't want to bring judgment. Would somebody step up? Would some church step up? Would somebody say, I'm willing to go and stand in the gap. I'm willing to go close this thing down. And we go there and plant the cross of Jesus Christ and say, no more people on our watch. No more falling away. No more children lost. No more teenagers lost. No more families broken up. God, if you were looking for someone, how many of you want to say, God, we're here today? We're here today. We're going to plant the cross of Jesus Christ. We're going to fill in this gap and make this thing work. I need to tell you something. Every time you walk through that door, you're closing up that gap. Every time you bring your family to church, you're closing up that gap. Every time we come in this room and worship, every time those that can't get here are online, we are simply saying, God, you can trust us. God, we're the people you're looking for. And this is what he needs. He needs a visible, tangible, touchable place that people can come find him. Not just a theory, a real church, real people in a real place. The, the, the church that he's looking for. A church, what, what, what are they looking for? We, they they want to find somebody, you know what, uh, a place for everyone. A family. The Bible uses the term family. And so what does a family look like? How do we relate? There, there's three generations in a family. You got the little kids. You got the teenagers and, and, and young adults. And you, you got the parents. You got grandma and grandpa over here. Three generations. That's a family. Do you know that a church ought to look like a family? There ought to be a place for every age group. There ought to be a place where your church can grow up in the things of God. There ought to be nurseries full of babies and children's ministry full of children. And, and you got to build a link building to put the children and the teenagers in. And there ought to be grandma and grandpa that love God and bring stability in that place. Listen, we don't need to go to a church that's just old, just young, just middle. It needs to be a family so everybody can come and we can grow up in the grace of God. Joshua and Caleb were 85 years old when they were the first youth pastors. To bring in a whole generation under them into the promised land. Come on. I thank God for 85-year-old young adult pastors. 85-year-old men and women. Mo, uh, Abraham, he got to, he had to be 100 to really hit his stride. Come on. Joshua and Caleb are 85. This is a place where we honor and respect those that have been before us. And it's a place where David, that young teenage boy, where God laid his hand on him out watching those sheep and put him up in front of the giant. If 
we do our job, listen to me, church. Listen to me, grandma and grandpa. Listen to me, mom and dad. You may have a giant someday, and you can't kill it, but that kid can kill that giant. We better be raising up young lions in this church that face the giants and destroy them. We better raise up ones like Joseph, 17 years old. He began to dream the dreams of God. Raise those mighty warriors up. Esther, a beautiful young lady who was elevated into a palace, but she said, I understand. I've been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. We better raise up a generation that love God, know God, fiery for God. So we're going to respect and honor grandma and grandpa. We're going to love and bring up that young generation. We're going to be a place where a family can come and be what God wants them to be. We better be multiracial if we're going to be the church that God called us to be. Listen, if everyone at my church looks just like me, the church isn't big enough. If everything in my church is just the way I want it, then my church isn't any bigger than me. You better go to a church that does a few things different than you would do it. You better realize God's bigger than I am. And it's not me and my four no more. It's not just the way I want it. What does God want the church to be? How does that happen? How do we do that? So, so I, I, I've got to edit, 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 Reader's Digest, edit, edit, edit. So I get to this. I'm doing my best. It gets to this. Let me make it so. We read initially in Habakkuk 2.2. You didn't even know Habakkuk was in the Bible. So you need to have the Bible engagement plan app and study. Know the books of the Bible. You thought Habakkuk was tobacco, didn't you? You didn't even know what I was saying, Habakkuk. All right, listen to me. So let's make it plain. He said, make it plain. All right. I want to give you something that's very clear. There are three things. We read in Acts 2.42. There are three things we need to do. Three connections you need to make. Very simple. This whole thing happens connecting to God. You have to connect to Him. We have a mission statement. I've blown up my notes and everything. If you can find that, put it up. A mission statement. But what good is a mission statement without a plan? Look at this, our statement. I want you to get this. I want you to see this. We want everyone. Nobody's outside our circle of love. Every race, every creed. Every tongue, every age, everyone. Somebody say everyone. We want everyone we meet. See, we believe that God puts us in people's path. I believe your neighborhood. You're there because God wanted you in that neighborhood. You know what? If you don't like your neighborhood, win your neighborhood to Christ, and God will elevate you to another neighborhood. You don't like the car you're driving right now, wear it out, bringing people to church, and God will give you a new car. You don't like your job? Get everybody on your job saved. He'll put you in another place. So you look at, we look at it wrong. We want everyone we meet to experience, not think about, not talk about, experience what? Life at the highest level. What a great way to live. We're not bringing people down. We're saying, come on to the highest place. But it only happens how? Through personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So everything we do at this church is going to, that's, that's, our, that's what we're after. See, say it with me. We want everyone we meet to experience life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So there's these connections. How does life happen? How are we on track? Are we doing what God wants us to do? We 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 connect. We we need to connect to God. You need to. I need to connect to God. And 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 the concept is from John 15 that we're abiding in the vine. It doesn't mean we met him, we connected to him. 
doesn't mean we visit him on Sunday. We're connected to him. Are you with me? We connect to God. And so that means we, we, in the power of the Holy Spirit, we connect to him in his word. We connect to him through prayer. We fast. The second connection is that once we connect to God, listen to me, guys, very clearly, Acts 2.42, they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. They were devoted to prayer. But in between that, they were devoted to fellowship and a breaking of bread, something we really miss in the church. We don't consider that spiritual, but it's right there. We not only need to connect to God, we must connect to each other. We must connect to each other. That's how God operates. That's how the kingdom operates. We, our, 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 uh, the way we relate as a family, the way we function is as a body. Every part connected. See, my right hand is one of the most important parts of my body. I do a thousand, thousands of things with this hand every day. Most of it, I, it's, it's just it, unconscious. I don't have to think about it. I unlock. I pick things up. I brush my teeth. I eat. I, I, I turn pages. I, I hit my phone. I run. That hand. But you know all that would have to happen for this hand, this incredible member of my body, to be completely useless is if it was disconnected. This incredible part of my body, amazing. If somehow a terrible accident happened and my hand was severed from my body, at that instant, it becomes totally useless. It has no value. It has no function. It's no good to me or anyone. What happened? Separation. What makes it incredibly powerful? connection. If I don't connect to you, I'll never know who I am. I'll never know who my gift is. We'll never represent Jesus by ourselves. And so this thing of are we seeing what he sees, it's very clear. I connect to God and I connect to his people. Now, how do we do that? That's what everything you see around here is today. I want you to take some time. Don't run out today like a herd of nice people. (laughs) I called you nice people. All the food will still be in the restaurant. It hadn't snowed yet. Everything's fine. We sang it today. Just breathe. It's okay. I want you to walk around. These are the ministries of our church. Over here are life groups. That you, it's, it's, it's where you connect. It's where you do. So life groups and ministry teams. They're, they're everywhere. I mean, there are too many. There's, I think, 15... 16, 17 that we have up here today. Walk around and look at these. They'll be up next week. But go ahead and start this week. So how do I connect? See, it's not enough to say I need to make a connection. Well, where do I make it, Pastor? How do I do it? I'm going to help you with that. And the better we connect, the better we present Jesus. And the better we connect, the greater the anointing of the Holy Spirit flows in our life. And can I tell you something? The better you connect, you begin to live your life at the highest level. Because that's how God designed you. And the third thing we have to connect to, listen, is this world that lives around us. It's not just me and God doing my thing. It's not just me and my fellow brothers, sister Christians in our little Christian world. No, why do we connect to God? And then how do we connect to each other? But then what do we do with that? We better connect this Jesus to this world we're living in. We better connect. We connect to God. We connect to each other. We connect to this world we're living in. And so, Pastor, how do I do that? How do I make those connections? Well, you come to church on Sunday morning. You worship, you hear, you're involved, you become part of a family and a body. Wednesday nights, we've set up an entire, uh, an entire engage, a whole brand new plan where we're going to come together on Wednesday nights and we're praying and our children, our students are studying. We're studying the same things as we go through the week online. The first Sunday of every month, we're going to do, we, we call those Wednesday nights engaged. The first Wednesday, we were going to call Generations Engaged. And the children, the students are going to be in here. Can you imagine? And the students are going to lead some prayer. 
And the children are going to lead some prayer. And they're going to see you and I worship God. And they're going to see you and I pray. And we're going to raise the generations up. We're going to share what we've been studying. That's first Wednesday of every month. So how do I connect, Pastor? I come to church. It's visible. I show up. We build a center of hope. It's a place where people can see us. It's tangible and it's real. Then we come together on Wednesday night for discipleship. You get in one of these life groups. They're here. People your age, your interest, your study. And, 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 I find if, and, and then I find a ministry team I want to be in. That's highest level. God put a gift in my life. You know where I'm the highest level when I'm functioning according to my purpose. When I'm doing what God called me to do. It, it, it's an amazing thing God does. So it's not hard. It's not a thousand things. We do what that model says. <clears throat> Here's what I want to say. As I want to wrap this up. Pastor... Do you really think Vision Sunday is important? I can't tell you how important it is. That we get an opportunity to say, what kind of church does God want? Are we that church? How do we become that church? It's not a thousand things. It's three things. Am I connected to God? Am I growing in that? How are we helping you with that? Am I connected to the people around me so that our gifts can grow and develop? And, and, and you know, you get in one of these life groups, you're protected. You don't, come, you don't come to church one Sunday. You don't have to go through three Sundays, four Sundays, six Sundays before somebody misses you. you got friends that say, hey, you okay today? How you doing? How can I help you? What can I do for you? We need that protection in our life. You find some place to grow. You may, never, you may never share your gift on Sunday. Do you know there are over 60 one another's in the New Testament? Did you hear me? 60. Do you know you can only do about seven of them on a Sunday morning? Sitting behind somebody, looking at the back of their head in rows. You can't get those done. But if you go home, you break bread, you have fellowship together, you get to minister together, you can love one another, serve one another, be kind to one another, pray for one another, encourage one another. It goes on and on. See, it's, it's, it's not big or small. It's not Sunday or small. It's both. That's who we are. That's the identity. God wants a visible, tangible, touchable, reachable church. And this is what I know. Your marriage is worth you connecting to that. Your family is worth you connecting to that. The will of God on earth is worth me connecting to that. It's worth having an eye exam. It's worth stepping over my insecurity, come on, and moving past a little bit of my shyness and realizing God put something in me someone else needs. God put something in me that's going to make this a better place. Here's what I know. Jesus said that I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against this church. And I want to ask you and me today, who are we connected to? In this day and time, I want to be connected to something Jesus is building. I want to be connected to something the gates of hell are not going to prevail. Worship team, come on out. I want you to stand. We're going to pray together before you go. Come on. I I did it on time. You can stand. Hang with me for a few minutes. Vision. Vision. What do I see from my heart? Come on, listen to me. Listen, 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 listen. Don't don't break your attention. What do you dream? What do you want to leave as a legacy? What do you want to make a difference with? Do you want you know what I discovered in my life? If I want to do something greater than me, I have to connect to something greater than me. I want to say that again. If I want to do something greater than me, I have to connect to something greater than me. I connect to God. I connect to His church. I ask God to use me to encourage you, to serve you, to bless you. I started this year and the Holy Spirit spoke something to me. And I put it on my calendar. It pops up every morning. And this is what I'm reading. And I'm trying to make sure that I do this everywhere I go. Here's my question to George Sawyer every day of my life this year. What am I depositing in those closest to me? What do they take away from their time with me? What am I depositing? When you leave me, 
Do you leave with something? Your family needs you. The people you work with need you. Your neighborhood needs you. Your classroom needs you. So, Pastor, how do I do that? Connect to God. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Allow Him to deliver you and save you and rescue you from all the traps of the enemy. How many are thankful for salvation today? How many are thankful for freedom today and restoration today? You know what I'm thankful for? I'm thankful that even though I'm not perfect, He's still working on me. You thankful for that? You know what I'm thankful for today? I'm not who I was when I came to Jesus. I'm not that same man. I'm so thankful. But you know what else? I'm not yet who I can be. I'm not yet who I can be. I'm thankful to my sweet, darling wife that I love with all my heart. You know what I'm thankful for? I'm thankful she never knew me before I met Jesus. She only knows me this way. I'm thankful for that. But God knows me before. And you know what? He loved me in my mess. How many are thankful for that? How many of you grew up in a godly home? I did. How many of you did the knucklehead thing I did and were a prodigal for a while? Man. Can I tell you something? If you're in that valley of decision, I regret every day I spent away from Jesus. Are you listening to me? I regret every day I wasted living for me instead of him. But I know this. When I walked away from his love and his mercy, when I took his grace for granted, he never forgot me. He never quit reaching for me. He never quit dealing with my heart. I'm so thankful today that I can be here with you, be here with you because of Jesus. And I believe, I just have enough faith to believe he wants to do that for everyone I meet. They want to live their life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So we can't just let that be a theory. Do you understand? We can't just come in here and say, oh, we want everyone we meet to experience life through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So how does that happen? How does that work? I need to get in a life group. I need to get life. I need to live that life. I need to get in one of these ministry teams and make that happen for people. Our dream centers, they didn't just pop up out of the ground. People volunteer and serve and love, and, 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 and lives are changed. The productions we do where hundreds of people get saved every year, they just pop up out of the ground. Somebody says, I can do that. I can help here. I can do that over there. Can I tell you if you're lonely, there are life groups for you today that will change your life. You know, today, if you're struggling in your faith, we can make connections with you. You don't have to stay there for the rest of your life. You know, if the devil has said nobody cares about you and you don't matter, oh, I'll prove him wrong if you'll give us a chance. Do you know if the devil says you, it's too late, you missed it? Oh, I'm going to tell you it's never too late. Hey, Joshua and Caleb, 85, hit their best season. Come on. You're never too young. Joseph was 17 when he started to believe. What kind of life you want to live? Just get by or highest level? I want to the highest level. I, I, I want to, if in heaven, and I'll end with this, God has in store everything he wants to do for us, the gifts, the callings, the anointing, the provision for Calvary. When I go to heaven, listen, I want to go look at the Calvary warehouse, and there is nothing left. Are you with me? Nothing left. Nothing left. 
we go to heaven and he said boy you drained this place up here hallelujah you drained it you drained it you sucked everything out you loved people you had fellowship you broke bread together you did life together. You reached the hurting. And he said, I, I mean, I nearly had to borrow some over here from, from that other church. You say, is that good? Well, the Bible says. Remember those guys with the talents? Five, two, and one. He said, if the guy wouldn't do anything with his, he said, take that for him, put it over here. I don't want anybody stealing my talents. I want to be putting them out there. Come on. Where's church? Where's church? You're amazing. You're important. You matter to God. Thank you for listening today. We hope you found this message uplifting and encouraging. If you're looking to connect in person, we gather every Sunday at 10 a.m. You can also find us online at calvaryassembly.org. And don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, for more content, updates, and to stay connected with our community.